Hi, my name's Amanda Trout and welcome to Reality Arts Podcast. Each week I will bring you a different insight and inspiration about art, creativity and arts in health. Join me as we step out of our comfort zones, unwrap those hidden gems and move forward in our creative purpose. You're listening to Reality Arts, helping you to increase your creativity and unlock your hidden talents. Hello and welcome. Today I'm going to be reviewing this book called Chocolate Rain and it's called It's 100 Ideas for a Creative Approach to Activities in Dementia Care and it is written and illustrated by Sarah Zutwell-Morris. Okay, so um, yeah, so written, designed and illustrated. So it's a, I, I love these kind of books um, in terms of the size, it's a lovely size. It measures for those, it's just a handy size, it's just something that I've always liked, this size of book, it's seven and a half inches by nine inches. And um, on the back it says, practical, practical creative tools to start using now, abundantly illustrated directions for activities, overflowing with ease to apply creative ideas. and. I first brought this book, well, because many of you may know, and for those who don't, who are watching or who are listening to the podcast, my mother is living with, with dementia and she has been living with dementia for the past 20 years. And for say 15 of those years, I was her main carer and looked after her. And I also ran, for about three, four years, ran art workshops in a dementia Specialist Dementia Centre in Camden, London. And so I had to come up with many different ideas and techniques and I learned so much about working with people living with dementia and was able to apply that with my mother. It first started with a, Mum, do you want to do some drawing? And she was just like, yeah, what would you want me to draw? And I took a, it was a really complex image from a magazine and I was just like, can you draw this? And she was just like, fine. So when I came across this book many years later, it was just like, this is a fantastic book filled with so much information. And so we're gonna get started with looking through it and I'll talk through some of it. So it's split into five chapters and the chapters are elements of a creative approach and it's in chapter one it's looking at how do you step into the world of somebody with dementia and what are the misconceptions we have because for many people they don't have that experience and or they may know somebody who's had dementia. It might be a fam family friend or a friend of a friend. And so the idea of dealing with, dealing with or working with or interacting with somebody with dementia is, is, is very foreign. You don't know, for many people, don't know what are the things and how they should approach them. And it's just like, when you 
say, approach somebody with a broken leg, you know that their leg is broken and it's going to heal, they can't walk. So you know that there's specific things there that they may or may not be able to do. Um, but this book, it really does get you thinking in terms of, it's about not approaching them with the illness as the focus, but you approach them as an individual. And so there may be many things that one person living with dementia may be able to do compared with another. And it's equally the same when you look at conditions. So it gets you thinking about the person with dementia. And it also talks about yourself. How do you, we'll look at it, how do you um, think about yourself? So let me, introduction talks about the challenges of the, the writer and you know, how she first approached um, somebody living with dementia and how over the years, you know, these are things that actually changed um, and suggestions how to use the book. And it's got a warning here. Warning could result in personal creativity and it actually is a book filled with so much creativity. It talks about value you know, not looking at the activities or the suggestions in the book as something that you have, you know, it's going to be so difficult and you don't have to have, you know, you don't have to be an artist, you don't have to be a writer, you don't have to, you know, you just have to approach it with an open mind and a sense of wonder and adventure. So going into um, the chapter one, it's got the elements of creative approach and it says taking the steps towards their world a person with dementia bringing yourself along being there and reflection and i did kind of highlight um a couple of a couple of things i just wanted to um bring up so it says you know you don't have to be creative and it looks at you know, because there's so many myths that surround creativity that you have to be this fantastic artist. And for me, I think everybody has the ability to be creative. It's just the way that you approach it. And it looks at the right and left brain and just, you know, highlights some of the, the functions of the left brain and the right brain. And I think there's so many crossovers that we don't actually re realise. So whilst the... Um, she talks about unfamiliar terrain. So whilst you may not have the experience of being with somebody who's living with dementia, there are certain things that you can maybe look at the way you approach, the way, you know, in terms of the tone of your voice, the, the fear that you may have, you know, those things can be sensed. And by anybody, you approach somebody with an aggressive stance or a judgmental, you know, that can be a, that can be picked up. So coming at it from, you know, a certain standpoint will be a rewarding one. Um, so approach the person 
as a person rather than looking at their limitations. Don't think about the things that they cannot do, but think about the things that they can be involved in, that they can take part in. Even simple, you know, it doesn't have to be, you know, like you've got a creative activity. It doesn't have to be right. The output is they've got to be able to do a self-portrait. It could be just, I mean, this is one of the things that I used to do a lot. It's just about taking part. It could be just about looking at the colors exploring the colors you know you may have something that you want to achieve at the end and and you have to have a flexible mindset so that you know you you understand that the cre it's the creative process in total that is the rewarding thing it doesn't have to be that as i said you know they produce this life realistic <laughs> creation of of their own image and it says here, um, a creative approach starts out from the potentials rather than the limitations of a situation. Appraising someone in terms of their disabilities is literally debilitating. Imaginative caregivers see past limiting beliefs about the person they care for, and it is really, you know, having that open mind. And in a creative approach, to communicating with people with dementia the primary goal is not accomplishing anything the idea is to enter the moment together and see what happens and there's so much wonderment and enjoyment and adventure that can come in to an activity even one like you know you've got we're looking at photographs and we're talking about the people in the the, the photograph if somebody had visual um, limitations then you could explain the photograph it could be something that they do remember it could be a wedding photograph and you're describing the people in the the photograph that the person then remembers if they can't see the photograph themselves um the other thing i really like about the book is that um there are exercises that you can do at the end of each of them in the bringing yourself along section i wanted just to pick up this it says i've repeatedly seen individuals who are generally 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 unresponsive perk up when a loved one visited now i've noticed that a lot when i was in the the care the care um seeing my mum in the care home when i visited when i visit her and also in the daycare center less so in the daycare center where they're not going to really have visitors because they're there for a, a period of time but in the care home where you interact with like i you know i'm there to see mum but i also interact with the other residents because they may not have anybody who comes to see them so you know even just saying hello remembering their name asking them how they are, sometimes involving them in the conversation if they're close. You know, I'm talking to mum about, you know, remember, you know, when you went on holiday or we're looking at something or we're doing a creative activity and seeing if the other person wants to, you know, join in or, you know, asking them where they're from and just kind of, it's like having a conversation, like you're involving them in the conversation and they may not want to, you know, talk for very long or they may drift off or they may walk away even. But for that moment, they felt that they were involved and um, included and that's really important. So 
The, um, there are, as I said, several exercises, icebreakers, show and tell, suggestions of, you know, going to a secondhand shop and picking up things that you may be able to use as a tool for interaction, like, say, a purse. Uh, my mother always used to have a handbag, so whilst, you know, she may not, um, need to use a handbag in a care home or the daycare centre but having that like that was part of her routine so maybe having like a, a purse in there they may not you know it doesn't there could be coins in there it doesn't have to be money and just things that you know that the person relates to that they can have on them and that they can interact again one of the things that you may find is that you know other residents you know <laughs> the, the things that you bring for them may go walkabouts but it's in that moment they're able to interact so in chapter two it's getting started the purpose and characteristics of activities staying involved activity grading creative thinking activity basics materials and tools and so we'll just have a look at that as well and it you know definitely talks about the purpose of an activity and how it's about you know making that connection giving your attention to the person spending time you know strengthening and supporting someone's identity stimulating them and creating a sense of normality because for the person with dementia that idea of normality is out the window and you know, the only people they may necessarily have con con contact with is the person who is, you know, dressing them, giving them their meal. If they're, if they're bedridden, then it's the person who, you know, does a bed bath or whatever. And that might be their only physical contact with somebody. And then they're placed in a room with a load of other people and their routine is, is breakfast, lunch and dinner and maybe they may hear in the distance an activities coordinator who's singing an old time song or you know it, in terms of my experience of care homes generally and I'm generalizing so this is not all care homes where they can have a, an activities coordinator who can interact with each person or they have a team of people or they have volunteers that's the ideal but the reality for a lot of care homes is that short-staffed um, it's assessment based so there's assessments having to be done on a day-to-day -day basis there's a lot of report writing, what the, per, what the person ate, drank, where they moved, you know, did they eat all their food. So there's a lot of administration that the staff have to do. And if they're short-staffed, their interaction now with the person living with dementia is less. So where you can get people who, you know, or even yourself, if you've decided, you know, that you wanna, you know, you're, you've, you know somebody, you're, you're close, you know, your relative, and you wanna get more involved, or you're an artist, or you're not even an artist, but you're somebody who wants to get more involved and find out how you can, can um, do your part and interact more with people who, you know, they haven't got any family visiting them, or, 
you know, that you can then do something and, you know, maybe even volunteer, that these are, these are ways in which, you know, you can take, take this book and learn so much. Um, it also talks about the suitability of different activities and I was going to say breaking it down. I was going to say simplify, but it's not. It's breaking down the activity to suit the person um, who is going to be involved. And this book kind of really does go through a lot of that, how to keep them staying, staying involved, grading activities. So in terms of grading act an activity, the like this one uses as an example where you could be baking cookies so you may have somebody that's independent and they can you know from start to finish do that activity there's the person who may organize the activity so they're independent in terms of you know they can organize it and actually do the activity then you've got the independent person who can follow the instructions or somebody who needs supervision or somebody who you know if you broke down the tasks so they might do the mixing of the flour and the egg or the sugar or they may be able to you know break the eggs in a bowl so you can break down activities you know a, a, a task may be modified so you might have to put the flour and the eggs in the bowl and they do the stirring or somebody who is monitored by um, they're just observing these activities going ahead so I had um, in one of my sessions a lady who wasn't able to there was some materials she couldn't eat because she put everything in her mouth basically and she tried to taste everything so she could take part in the activity but she needed to be supervised so that she didn't put, you know, she could work with paint and she could paint, but you had to watch that she didn't dip the brush and then put the paint brush in her mouth. Um, or there were some who just didn't want to, not that they couldn't do the activity, but they didn't want to do the activity, but they wanted to watch. Um, and they, they could, I had a couple of ladies who, they didn't want to take part physically but they would encourage the others and say things like, oh, that's a lovely colour, why don't you use the orange there? Or, you know, no, I don't like that colour, use this one. So they were participants. Um, and, or people who just want to watch, they don't want to discuss or anything, but they are quite happy to sit amongst other people taking part. So that's how you can, you know, break down an activity. And if you're, you know, somebody who's gone to visit a loved one, you know, whilst they may have been able to look through the photo album on their own and talk to you about it, now you may take a specific photo and think, okay, well, this is a specific holiday that I'm going to talk about and look at, you know, maybe the colours, the flowers, the, the people. There are so many things within a photograph or the memory of going on the plane or being in a hotel or in the home or you know wherever it is so now the activities become more involved but you've broken down and you've enabled the person to go along with you 
you know, looking at the different areas of participation. So that's um, really good as well. So it also talks about how to generate ideas. Now, this is also a really great book for looking at ways in which you can create your own ideas. And it makes that suggestion to begin with, you know, come up with your own ideas. It gives you some great Kickstarter tips in terms of and the tools for thinking, you know, thinking about these activities yourself. It says pay attention. The journey is as important as a de destination. Take the time to find out what your preferences are. Regularly expose yourself to new input and learning to make connections between unrelated things. So it's getting you to think in a different way from the way that you would normally think. So if you said to yourself, well, you know, normally I sit down and we're able to go through the photo album and she tells me about the, you know, what she did, who these people are, and they still might be able to do that. But you have to think out of the box now and think about, well, how could this be used as a really good tool to generate different aspects, creative aspects, um, and, you know, whilst today they may have been able to identify these people in the photograph, tomorrow that might not be the case. And they'll, you know, say, well, who's that? And you'll say to yourself, but yesterday you were able to do it fine, but you have to, again, it's this flexibility. So it also talks about using different stimuli, your environment, history, local events, materials. So, you know, use your thrift store. Use your, you know, second-hand store if you don't have these things at home. Recycled material, magazines, um, friends, you know, and this is a really important thing because we often, they often lose touch with other family and friends because what I found is the other family and friends now don't know how to relate and so they stop relating. They think that the person who's living with dementia just doesn't recognise them anyway, so what's the point? And that is such a sad thing to to do. It's really, really, you know, there is at all stages, and I've seen this firsthand, at all stages of dementia, there are things that you can do with the person that can be rewarding. and. Don't think about yourself, because we often think, well, you know, they weren't able to laugh at my joke or respond. And so, you know, and we're thinking about ourselves, you know, how they responded to us doing something without realising that they may not be able to show their response, but the fact that you've sat down with them, you may hold their hand in talking to them, relating to them. We're not aware of all the things that they're able to pick up on. And so rather than not do anything, the fact that you can do something. So where friends are involved, get them, you know, kind of break down the task so that they can they can do something. And you empower them as a friend or family member that actually, you know, talking to mum about this photograph is really good. You know, just talk about, you know, the people in the photograph, the people who you remember, you know, ask her maybe some questions about who she remembers, about the day. And even if she doesn't respond to you, you may even talk about a wedding that you went to and how you felt at the wedding. And that could be an encouraging thing. So you give the person 
who has come along activities that they can do rather than you know a lot of people I see just they either get really loud and they say things like oh you know um, don't you remember oh, oh you can't remember that now or they just don't talk about it at all and they feel uncomfortable and they make an excuse about leaving oh I've got to go now or you know um, and so that interaction is cut short where if they just spent a little bit more time it could have been rewarding for both of them think about the time of day the atmosphere what's going on around you and um, you know there may be other people that you can relate to or refer to like um, if the person doesn't have you know is, is their vision is fine you know think about what's going on around that you can pick up so yeah it's a really good way of generating ideas for yourself it talks about you know the basics of activities and getting started and um, preparation and it definitely you know m materials and tools so it goes through the prep of creating your own materials and things that you know you may need to think about and in and that's just the getting started so if you think about all of that information that you can then put into an activity and again don't get overwhelmed with oh my gosh it's so much to do but just you know break it down and keep it simple and then it goes into chapter three creating your own activities so it gives you an introduction to the activity section and then it says um, and then that's broken down further into three parts home and companionship working playing and creating together and advanced stages so it's really good to go through these sections first think about things that you can do and then go on to chapter four which looks at it gives you a hundred activities so um, again it gives you tips on things that you can do and at the end of each section there are some exercises so after the um, the introduction to the activities creating a sense of home sorry so things might be um, you know things that the person used to do in their home especially if they've moved into an institution a care home and they're not in their normal environment so how can their room and this is the things that I'm thinking of how can their room be um, made to be homely I mean I've, this is something I didn't think of a common problem in nursing homes is theft as well as other as well as other residents <coughs> simply wandering in and going off with a person's belongings think up three ways residents could still be surrounded by familiar objects even when in a home tip anchor easily anchor easily taken things to walls and tables so <clears throat> I guess that's that's something that in terms of as coming from the residential home standpoint where you could make sure that the environment for your residents are 
that they do have their belongings, things are named, things are anchored to the wall or tables, or, you know, they're not easily walked off with by other residents or, um, you know, I guess, create a day, a day without for a resident. Maybe they want to stay in their pajamas or casual clothes. Maybe they like to stay in bed all morning. Perhaps a woman would like to go without stockings or tights or shoes. What other things could they choose not to do? Um, so again, this is from a residential standpoint. If you're a carer or, you know, you're visiting a person, again, this is something that, you know, you can think about, or if you're caring for somebody in their own home, you know, these are things that, you know, rather than, you know, your mum's routine, my mum's routine was very specific. And so when she couldn't remember what she had to do, I kept those routines going for her, you know, and, and whilst I was helping her do those things, I made it so that she felt she was, you know, independent, that she was directing me how to help her rather than me saying, okay, mum, let's go and do this. I mean, it took me a while to learn these things, but I found that when I included her in the things that I knew that she wanted to do, but maybe couldn't remember what to do, when I made it that I was helping her and, oh, mum, you know, do you want me to help you do this? Or can you show me, oh, mum, I need, what, well, there was one where, um, so obviously, she couldn't remember when she wanted to go to the toilet, so I just had to set routines. Okay, maybe every hour we'll just go and visit the toilet. But if I said to her, Mum, let's go toilet now, she'd be like, you know, well, I don't want to go toilet, you know, and maybe she did, because I found every time I then... What I would then say was, Oh, Mum, I need to go to the toilet. Can you show me where it is? Or can you come with me so that you can show me where it is? And she would quite happily come. And then whilst I was there, I'd say, Well, okay, well, while we're here, why don't you go as well? And she might say, you know, no, I don't want to go. Or she'd say, yeah, okay then. And invariably, <laughs> she'd want to go. So again, these are, are great because it's got exercises, <clears throat> breakfast cooking, food eating, again, exercises that you can modify. So chapter three is great for helping you identify some activities that you can do. And there was, one that I really did want to look at, the advanced stages. Um, I used to do creative reminiscence and so looking at, again, with the long-term memory, the thing that stays intact for the longest, you know, looking at things that they remember so that they felt empowered and um, in, especially in the stages of dementia where it's the advanced stages. Um, it's important to be able to, you know, again, you have to break things down even further. So an activity might be, I, I used to do um, massage therapy as well. So an activity was that I would do neck and shoulder and hand and feet massage. But some people weren't, didn't want a neck and shoulder massage. So what I might do is just put my hand on their shoulder. And sometimes that is a really comforting activity. Um, you know, just putting your hand on the shoulder and, feel, and them feeling that feeling of, you know, they may not want to be hugged, but that 
caring feeling of being held or with their hands. So I would just do a simple um, massage, hand massage. And just that activity was something that made them feel, you know, made them feel cared for. Or, you know, I would get them to hold my, they, they would hold my hand and like, my mum would do this. She would like, you know, rub my hands. And so that was a lovely exchange. Or the person doesn't want their hands to be rubbed and just to, to be there with them and holding their hand. And then maybe, you know, having a conversation or if you've used um, aromatherapy oils like, you know, lavender or rosemary, the, the smell of the, or, you know, geranium or ones that maybe they grew up with, then that would be, you know, a lovely activity where they're smelling the oils and you can then talk about the oils and that might spark a memory. So chapter four, it's the hundred activities. And again, she breaks them down. You know, there's no cost activities, low cost, um, things to make in your room, activities based on former professions. I met, I met doctors, nurses, writers, professors, um, train drivers at the daycare centre, and it was amazing the different, you know, professions. You know, one lady worked for the prime minister, um, Margaret Thatcher. She was, uh, uh, she designed clothes, and she would alter clothes, and it was just like amazing. Um, some of their professions. Um, so there are things, um, activities, letters, books, and words. So writing, poetry, making simple books, drawing and collage. And then again, the advanced, with the advanced dementia, um, you know, holding, it could be holding supplies, holding materials. It's very, the, the use of the arts is very important. And I'm just talking about the visual arts, but then when you've got, you know, the um, performing arts, theater arts, horticulture, you know, using plants, plant therapy, um, music therapy. Uh, so there are so many things that you could incorporate. So I would incorporate music <clears throat> and um, the horticulture, horticulture, I would bring along sort of like different plants, different herbs, so that they could be used in the activity. So holding, you could think about different textures, different fabrics, different sounds that some of these fabrics make, like, you know, the Velcros, um, where a person may remember that because when they were a child, they had that on, say, their clothing or, you know, a bag. Um, so looking at the materials that you have around you in a totally different way, um, so that they could be used in an activity. And then chapter five, closing thoughts. Now this is again, another really great chapter um, because this kind of pulls, pulls everything together. And it talks about art in dementia care and separates the idea of art therapy where you know, it's used as a diagnosis tool and a way to, you know, allow the art to 
help a person work through a particular situation that they may have discussed with you or as initial start off. It's not, they don't always use art, art activities in a art therapy session. Um, but using, using an art activity generally is such a wonderful thing. And um, so the other thing that's at the back of the book now is mini guides. So there's a mini guide. So she cross references um, the sources of activities and they're grouped in specific needs. So physically active, quiet, quiet and restful, visual art for a person who can read and speak coherently and um, for a person who can speak but cannot read, trouble with reading, speaking and understanding. And that's really great to be able to break them down. So in a, um, a care home setting, you can identify residents who have particular needs and then you can pinpoint these activities. And just remember that, you know, when you are looking at your own activities when the ones that you've created yourself you can then slot these in as well suited to men bedridden and no longer seems to respond to stimuli so again you know giving you some great tips and ideas and then it's got an activities list so it kind of breaks everything down so games and play memory regional quartet sayings, getting to know me, back to now book, so creating, like looking at their story and their history and creating a kind of, you know, a couple of pages of, you know, their names, where they were born, things they like, food they like, um, activities. I, I used to do a booklet, I did a booklet for my mum and it was filled with photographs as well, places that she'd visited, holidays. I used to take loads of photographs of her in, and, and then that would be a talking point. So low cost, no cost, poetry, writing, making simple books, um, advanced. So activities based on hand gestures. So again, broken down, it's really, it's a really great book. A bibliography, articles for you to do some more research, organizations websites books related on creativity create creativity and the, let me see if there's a couple that i've got yeah artist's way artist's way is a brilliant book um and julia cameron has got other books as well in in you know the vein of gold and um there's a couple of several others ayana van Zandt as well is another one who gets you to, that's really more a uh, personal journey, kind of opening up, uh, looking at different things, writing, journaling, looking at different questions, basically about, you know, your life and, and journey, and, and The Artist's Way is a good one. Um, the other one that I have here is Reckless Journal, so it's just like, you know, prompts and getting you to do actions and that's really good and then she's got some websites here now the book was reprinted in it was um, first printed in 2011 and reprinted in 2015 I'm not sure um, of all of these websites whether they're all still active so that's something that I'd need to check out and then credits and acknowledgements and um, 
yeah, that's Chocolate Rain. Now, that might have been a really long review, but I think it was worth it. I think, um, you know, dementia is affecting the whole community. It's not just those people who have are living with the disease and their immediate family. It's a whole community. And, you know, again, more and more people are being affected and we need to find, whilst we need to find a cure, we need to find ways of dealing with it as a community and not just isolating people. And people can have a more value, more value to their lives should we all get involved. And we see it as, you know, something that we can all interact with. We can all, you know, the amount of people who you may have passed, who may have forgotten where they live, who may have wondered, who, who may just need that person to say, you know, can I help you? And um, again, you know, these creative activities are really fantastic. Um, so I'll definitely recommend you getting hold of this book and trying it. The only thing I would have said, you know, is, is um, I guess it's the black and white photographs, which again, that's just me. I mean, you have to think about for a book this big, you know, in terms of the cost of printing and all of this. So having full color photographs, I mean, they've got the reds, so, you know, that's fine. Um, but yeah, I think it's, I really like this book. I um, definitely, are working through some of the um, activities and creating my own because that's something that I do as well with my arts and health. I, because I've worked in the field working on creative resources that people can access and you will find a few on my YouTube channel um, art activities especially for journals and looking at how you can create backgrounds so a lot of people have a fear of creating backgrounds um, uh, or staring at the blank page and if you're working with somebody who's living with dementia again working with backgrounds is a great activity because it's just applying paint to the page and looking at colors that you prefer also you could do that with collage you know applying different collage and colors and papers and or it could be faces it doesn't matter you know there are so many things that you can do with looking at an activity where you're just covering a page and so again even that is a tip you can look in a magazine and cut out faces and then get the person to apply those different faces collage to the page and then you can talk about you know does this person what is this expression on this person's face is this person looking angry or sad you know can we identify other areas other images where they're looking sad and that could be a simple activity that you do together or can we identify colors that may go with a person's expression you know if we're feeling angry okay, if we're feeling angry what kind of expression would the person have so thank you for um joining me and i hope that you check this out i will leave the link in the description of this book and i definitely recommend you taking a look of this book taking a look at this book though Thank you for joining me. You're listening to Reality Arts, helping you to increase your creativity and unlock your hidden talents. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. You can check me out on my blog, 
or YouTube channel for more creative insights, videos and reviews. Stay blessed and be a blessing.